Okay. Hi, everyone. So, all of this talk about the bounty and the beauty of nature in our last episode on Camus got me thinking a little bit about the idea of, well, grace. So, I don't know, I thought maybe I'd um, meditate on this a little bit. So, what is grace? Well, it seems to me that in our everyday usage, grace is seen mostly in its um, adjective forms. Like, you know, in words like uh, graceful and gracious. Now, but then, what do these things connote? Well, I would say something like, um, what is gift-like and spontaneous? So, maybe grace is, broadly speaking, just that. It's when we experience aspects of life as sheer, spontaneous gifts. It's that dimension of our existence when we're open to the beauty, the variety, and the unpredictable elements of life. And what's more, I would even say that it's when kindness, passivity, and receptivity rule over things like um, willful action, pride, and self-sufficiency. Okay, but now, here's the question. In our age of productivity and technology, I wonder how much space is left for this sort of dimension of grace. I mean, when everything is about technique and about efficiency, what's left of this attitude of, of openness and patience? I mean, think about something like the, the speed of life now. I mean, this speed, it seems like it's become an end and not just a means. It's become something sought after for its own sake. Everyone just seems to want to do things as quickly and as expeditiously as possible. Just because, well, just because it's possible. But now, by point of contrast, think about the, um, the traveler or the pilgrim of years gone by, whose very slowness in getting around was deeply linked to their openness to and their veneration for the things around them. So, I don't know, in a sense, you, you might say that our, our push towards speed and efficiency goes hand in hand with the attenuation, with the, with the shrinking of, well, the sacred. Okay, but let's get back to this idea of grace as a kind of gift. So actually here the, the view of the French philosopher Gabriel Marcel comes to mind. And more specifically, actually, it's his criticism of another French philosopher, Jean-Paul Sartre, that I'm thinking of. Okay, so one of the things that Sartre claimed was that there are no objective values, but rather it's we human beings who do all of the value creating. Values are just the result of our choices. In other words, we give our lives any and all the meaning that it has. That's to say, we are what we make of ourselves and only what we make of ourselves. Now, it's this sort of total self-creating view, this view of ourselves as entirely self-sufficient onto ourselves, that Marcel finds deeply disconcerting. And the reason for this is because this way of conceiving ourselves as um, totally self-sufficient closes us off from being open to receiving something outside of us that's not of our own doing. In other words, there's just no gift that can be made to a person like this. And so gone, therefore, 
is any dimension or possibility of grace. But for Marcel, it's different. For him, values are such that they don't always allow themselves to be chosen. No, sometimes they're things that we respond to or discover and don't always create. In other words, we recognize them, and that awakens in us our capacity for gratitude. And again, this is why for Marcel, some humility and grace, and maybe even some ontological deference, is so important. Because it enriches our life by making us more open and responsive to things that we hadn't anticipated, or to that which we thought couldn't have existed beyond our own doing. So, maybe Marcel's right. Maybe we're not entirely Prometheus. You know, the, the sole light bringer, or the measure of all things. Maybe if we'd um, shed a bit of our pride and our will to power, we'd notice that pockets of light and meaning emanate independently of us and all around us. That there is this dimension of grace that allows for gifts and revelations from time to time. Actually, you know what? It's really interesting. The ancient Greek word for, for grace, charis, derives from an Indo-European root, which means brightness. And actually, we see this use of it in Homer, when Athena pours charis over the head and shoulders of Odysseus before he's finally going to meet Penelope. So now, totally transformed, Homer tells us that Odysseus sat there shining with beauty and caritas, and everyone gazed at him in wonder. Now, it's this aspect of others being struck by him because of his shining nature that's significant here. This unveiling of the shining. This is the beautiful and unexpected work of grace, and so also the much-needed place of reverence and gratitude. Thank you.